When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man who is in an on-and-off relationship with his clothes. It's Dale. <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on, my friend? Sometimes, you know, you just got to get naked and roll with it. You got, you got to get naked, man. <laughs> How you been? I'm good, dude. How you? Oh, I'm all right. Just busy, busy, man. A little side gig at the at the vinyl link keeping me worried. Working hard here at uh, the holiday season, you know how it works out. Yeah, we're trying to get these episodes going, but I just want to remind all of our fans, too, and all of our listeners that we put a lot of effort and research into our episodes. And, you know, if there's some weeks that we don't get one out, it's not that we're being lazy or just It's not that we don't love you. Exactly. We, we do work hard on these episodes, and we want to give you guys the best possible information and quality of an episode that we can give. So we appreciate everyone's patience and everyone who listens to us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Dale, you got any shout-outs for us this yeah, we week? Yeah, we've got a few, Donnie. i got a, one I'd like to little shout-out to uh, Gary Lavick, who uh, listens on our YouTube channel. Shout-out YouTube channel, Crackhouse Chronicles. Uh, he sent us a nice email, some comments on the, the Randall Woodfield case, uh, which he had some insight to, and that was really cool to hear, and we appreciate that. And Also, I would like to give a shout-out to a new podcast that, uh, that's kind of local here in town. Uh, Sandy Carlton has got a new podcast called Big Sound, Small Town, and he uh, interviews a lot of local musicians around here, and it's really neat. Uh, something I wish I'd have thought of, actually. But uh talks to a lot of stuff and learn a lot about uh, local musicians in our area, and we've been a really nice, a really uh, hotbed, as he would say, of uh, musician talent and uh, Stuff going on, so you learn a lot of neat stuff on there. But I'd like to give you a shout out. Go over and, and check him out. It's Big Sound, Small Town, the podcast, uh, Sandy Carlton. All right, you know, because the area we're from, there's so much talent that comes out of this area. I mean, this you've had history musicians like uh, Earl Scruggs. We got the Earl Gr- Scruggs Center here. Yeah, Don Gibson. Don Gibson. Don Gibson Theaters. Actually, downtown. Don Gibson is uh, his. He's buried here in this county. Right. So, you know, a lot of... Alicia Bridges. Yeah. Shout out. Exactly. Trey Hill, a guitar player for uh, Big and Rich. Yep. So some big names come out of this local, little local area we're from. So, you know, I can see them having a good podcast and some... A lot good, of neat information. Yeah. Good guest on there with yeah. some quality talent, that's for sure. All right, Dale. So what we got going on, sir? We have a, a case this week that really, honestly... Pardon my language, but it pisses me off. Yeah, I mean it is, it is a it is a sad case, but it it hasn't been covered enough, and we just here at the crack house felt like it needed to be covered and talked about and discussed, and so we're going to jump into it. But this is the murder of Zara Baker. Mm, yeah, exclaimer. We'll uh, try to keep composure on this because this is a fairly local local story to us, and uh, it's not good. So, no, no, yeah. it's not. All right, Dale. Zara 
Claire Baker. I've heard people call her name Zara or Zara, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call her Zara because that's what I've had most people heard her call her. But she was born November sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, in Wagga Wagga, Australia, and she was reported missing on October 9th, two thousand ten. But she was born to parents Emily Dietrich and Adam Baker, who both lived in Wagga Wagga, Australia. That's Wagga Wagga. Two words. <laughs> All right. We got to keep it light because it does tick me off. So we're yeah. going to try to keep it light. Emily Dietrich, she had she suffered from postpartum depression shortly after Zara was born. And, yeah, pretty bad case. Yeah, and she gave up all rights and to Adam for Zara. Right. So she didn't have any say-so as far as what she signed over everything to Adam. All right, Adam took Zara and moved with her and his parents to, I guess this is how you pronounce it, Jiru, Gairu. Yeah, whatever works for me. It is, it is spelled G-I-R-U, Jiru, Queensland, and this is in Australia, in 2004, where he uh, got a job at a sugar mill. You know, I don't know many, too many sugar mills around this local area, but I guess it's pretty, pretty big. You got to have one somewhere, I guess. Oh, yeah, because, I, I mean, I like sugar, and I like to be sweet. So, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, it is what it is, dude. Yeah, okay. We'll let All you right. In 2005, Zara was diagnosed with bone cancer. And Dale, just after that, she suffered from a bout of lung cancer as well. So, mm. so shortly in this kid's life, man, she, she had a rough time. Yeah. She was going through a lot of stuff. And as a result of her cancer, she had the lower part of one of her legs amputated. Mm. And because of chemo and different treatments, she suffered from hearing loss and had to wear hearing aids. So she's going through a lot of stuff already. I mean, yeah, she so young. Yeah. Adam, you know, dealing with all this and being a uh, single parent, he met a woman online named Elisa Fairchild. But all the videos I've seen and interviews with him and other people, they just call her Lisa. So that's what we're going to call her from this point out is just right. Lisa. And she was originally. I can think of a lot worse things to call her, but we'll just go with Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Think of a lot of things. Yeah. She was originally from Western North Carolina here. And they met in an online, I guess it's a virtual universe website. It's where you can create little characters and. I guess walk around and do different things. And yeah, talk. like an avatar, I guess, of yeah. create your own person. Yeah, and walk around and meet people and talk to different people all over the world. Kind of weird, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Fairchild met Adam on this website, and they struck a relationship, and she decided to go to Australia to meet him. So she gets on a plane, flies to Queensland, and just shortly after being there, she spent some time. They were married. Mm. They married there in Australia. But Lisa had been re previously married six times, but she didn't tell this to Adam at all. She didn't tell him. He knew nothing of this, of all of her marriages. Yeah, she brought a habit of that, didn't she? Yeah. And she had also been reported, too, that she had been married to multiple men at the same time. Right. And some of these marriages she had weren't, weren't even, even legal. Zara's cancer went into remission in 2008, and they had 
decided to move here to the United States. But there in Australia, they have socialized medicine. Yeah, basically free health care. Yeah, free health care. And her treatment and all her cancer treatments and everything was paid for. Right. And I think it, Lisa had told Adam that she had plenty of money. Yeah, she said she was well off. She, she Don't worry about it. We can take care of that. She had told Adam that she was a former police officer, injured in the line of duty, and she... She, much. she was just dumping on him, and he was believing it all. Well, I think all his family members was seeing right through it, but he wouldn't listen. Yeah, he fed her. Well, she fed him a bunch of crap. I think she was doing a lot of things. Yeah. All right. Zara, like I said, Zara's cancer went into remission in 2008, and they moved here to the United States. After moving to North Carolina, the, the Bakers settled in around the Hickory area. Hickory here, North Carolina. Hickory, North Carolina. Yeah, which is fairly close to where we are right yeah, it's, now. Uh, 30 minutes away. Yeah, about 30 minutes up the road. Yeah. Yep. They enrolled Zara in public school, and she started to be homeschooled. But here's how she got to be homeschooled. She had shown up one day at school with some black eyes. Right. And the Child Protective Custody's services of Caldwell and Catawba County made a home visit. And they had just blown it off as her falling in the bathroom or just injuries around the house. Right, which I'm sure nobody believed that, miss. Yeah. And uh, come to find out, they had made several other visits too, but nothing had been done. And I'm just going to put it out there. The system failed this kid. Oh, yeah, over and over. Yeah. Now, I know they said that uh, every time something happened, she'd just pack up stuff and move, but I don't know. I don't think that's a good excuse. You know, even they said that she moved one time, four times in one year. So it was kind of hard for them to keep up with it and the paperwork and all that, but uh, I don't buy it. And Adam, he was working for a landscape and tree service, I think, at the time, and he was working long hours. Yeah. He would leave before daylight and get home after dark every right. day. He was working some long hours to support his family. So, you know, he didn't – he wasn't seeing Zara too much. We're going to get into the morning of October 9th, 2010. A 911 call was made by Lisa on October 9th, 2010 at 5.30 a.m. Right. And she reported there was a fire in the family backyard yeah. of their Hickory residence. Like there. a small mulch fire. When the, when the authorities got there, it was just a small mulch fire, nothing major. Yeah, it was like we said, Adam worked <clears> for a tree landscaping business for his boss there, who was also their landlord. So he probably kept stuff like that in the backyard. Right. And at that time, Dale, also there was a ransom note. And the smell of gasoline coming from Adam's company truck, right? Which was a Chevy Tahoe. He found a note on the windshield of the truck, and it was a handwritten note, and it said, uh, "Mr. Coffee, you like being in control, but now who's in control? We have your daughter, and your pot-smoking red-headed son is next, unless you do what is asked. One thousand unmarked bills. We will be in touch soon." And also written at the top of the note was, "No cops." And uh, so. That was just found on, that was the note. That's the way it read. Hmm. Of course, you know, no cops. We don't know cops. Yeah, so they were they were putting this out there like it was, it was mistaken. Right. And the wrong kid was taken. Because when they asked him about it, he said, you know, actually when it came right down to it, he admitted it. He hadn't actually laid eyes on her in over two weeks when when this call came in and his daughter was missing when they got to ask him really what was going yeah, you know on. dale i cannot even imagine not seeing my kids for two weeks no me i mean either. i have i have a call of uh older kid she's off at college right now and i don't see her 
you know, for weeks at a time. But I talk to her every day in some form or another, text or phone call or something. You know, because I cannot imagine a man not having anything to do with his kid. No, especially when she's got all these problems and she, she's not really doing well and still having health problems on top of what she's already had. Yeah. And you don't even go in and see her at all, even sneak in, you know, at night just to say goodnight, even if she don't know you're there, you know. Exactly. And if, if it's two weeks, I mean, you got a weekend in there. So, I mean, surely working every day, all day. I mean, I worked landscaping for a while, and so it's it's rough, and it is long hours, but damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I ain't going to do that with my kids. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into a little bit about the investigation and some arrests and different things right here, Dale. But Zara's stepmother, Lisa, was given a polygraph test. Yeah, she thought she was slick. Yeah. But she failed this polygraph test. Miserably. Yeah. And she was asked in that test if she had hurt Zara or if she had knew of anyone who had harmed Zara or if anyone who wrote in the ransom note. Right. And she they only asked her those three questions and she failed all three. Yeah. And on October 10th, 2010, search dogs and rescue dogs were sent to the baker's home and they searched the home and cars. The dogs gave positive alerts to the scent of human remains on both the Baker's cars and the Tahoe that they had. Yeah, both vehicles, like uh, cadaver dogs, right? Yep. The police took swabs of what they thought may be blood from a car. And on October 10th, 2010, Lisa was arrested. Right. They found also found like some splatter on the walls in her bedroom, right? Yeah. Like 18 mm-hmm. places. But she was arrested for various crimes, including communicating threats, writing bad checks, larceny, and even driving with a revoked license. It was a real piece of work. So they were, I guess they were trying to get her in there yep. to work, put, work put, on her. <laughs> put the pressure on her to confess something, get some kind of information about anything they could for right. Zara's disappearance. And it was said that uh, even when they were, they put her in the car and they were taking downtown to talk to her, that when she looked back as they were pulling off, they were putting crime scene tape around the house. And she just asked the officer, said, why are they doing that? They think somebody was murdered in there or something? And yeah. said the officer thought that was kind of odd, just kind of kept it to himself. So, like, you know, they would put it around the – said it was just there to keep the house from being contaminated if there's any evidence. And he was just thinking of the kidnapping. And that's when she popped up and said, well, what, what do they think? Is somebody murdered in there or something? Yeah. So she All right. telling on herself. Or, Lisa was jailed. And then, she, and then, Dale, she was charged with obstruction of justice after she admitted she wrote the ransom note to lead the police astray. So this woman – is a piece of work, man. And they don't know where Zara's at. She, she's gone missing. Yeah, said that uh, when they went through the house the first time, they found the rest of the bill since the, the note had been written on a Duke Power power bill. <laughs> they found the, the contents of the envelope inside the house, so they kind of already knew that she had done it, and they just kind of got it out of her, especially after the polygraph. In late October 2010, a Catawba County judge raised Lisa's bond from 40000 to 65000 and believing that Lisa was a flight risk. Yeah, it was kind of funny. She had actually went in there to get it lowered because she knew she couldn't afford to do that to get out. And uh, so she went in there and did some stuff. And then uh, actually her own biological daughter had came in and said that uh, she was a very abusive woman and told her some of her past. So instead of getting it lowered, they actually raised it $15,000. Her own biological child had her yeah. bond raised. That tells you something about the, about the mother. Yeah. yeah. The prosecutor said that Lisa failed to show up at other court dates and other charges, which included traffic violations, communicating threats. And so she, you know, she was 
a big flight risk. Yeah, they ain't looking at it. Yeah. Now, Lisa Baker's aunt, Buzzy Winkler, Buzzy. Old Aunt Buzzy, she told reporters that Lisa told her Zara died after being sick for two weeks, and both parents dismembered her and hid her remains. That's what Aunt Buzzy said. So, you know, I don't know how much truth is, but we're going to get into that, too. Right. Yeah, because when they asked her, when she it was kind of funny that she said she admitted to doing a note, but nothing else. But then mm-hmm. later she told her that she would tell her where body parts were. But how would she know if she didn't do anything else? Yeah, she's she keeps building her story up and adding to it and digging her hole, hole deeper. Right. That's what she's doing. So then Lisa reportedly said Adam dismembered Zara Baker alone after she had died, and they both hid remains. Well, she originally said that uh, when they asked her about when she they said that she was dead, they asked her what happened, and she said that she was sick and went to lay down on her bed. And when, later when she went in there to check on her, she noticed that she wasn't breathing, so she tried to do CPR for about 30 minutes, and when that didn't work, she didn't know what to do. She didn't, so she called Adam, and he came and then, said that he had told her to take her medicine and just calm down and he would take care of it. And when questioned about that, why didn't she call 911? She said she didn't know really what to do. And she goes, well, so you thought about doing CPR, but you never thought about calling 911. Exactly. She just a liar. Yeah. And she was trying to throw the blame on everybody else. She even said about her husband, she said, we really didn't kill her, but what we what he did after the fact is kind of horrifying like throwing this on adam right and it makes makes her scared of adam so she was trying to put the blame on everybody else but her and this guy's so gullible i don't i don't i don't know yeah i think adam i don't know i've heard different things about him that he had a a low iq i don't know how true that is well he's living with his calm lady and he don't he don't see it and she's just pretty much running the show i think and i don't know pretty sad all right a little bit later lisa's attorney named lisa dubs told police where they could find possible evidence relating to zara's death apparently lisa told her attorney that zara's prosthetic leg was left in a dumpster that she and adam had disposed of at fox ridge apartments in hickory a prosthetic leg was found later in october off a road in caldwell county a few miles from the their former residence the Hickory Police Department were able to match the serial number of the prosthetic leg from Zara's medical records they obtained from Australia, and it confirmed to be a match. Mm. In November 2010, Lisa started leading police to different areas in Caldwell and Catawba County to find Zara's scattered remains. Numerous bones of Zara were found, but Zara's head was found some years later. So they... They cut this kid up and just scattered her around. Mm. Well, it wasn't they. It was was she. It was Lisa. Yeah, she tried to put it on him, but when they found all these places and stuff, and they went and pinged her phone, her phone pinged at every one of these places, and his was over 20 miles away from any of this. He was constantly at work. Yeah. So either he was smart enough to leave his phone somewhere and not take it with him, which... When she's proved to be not, not... I don't want to say he's not smart, but not too brainy yeah i don't think he would have thought of that put it that way i'm not trying to put nobody down i just think she did it all and he's just gullible enough to didn't even know but you know i know she's she's the blame for this but i think adam is some blame for not checking up on his kid uh, yeah i agree yeah even not only the system failed her 
but her dad failed her. Yeah. I mean, I hate I hate it happen to him. I hate anybody losing a child, but you know, not physically seeing your child for two weeks. Two weeks. I mean, if my kid was in the bed asleep when I got home, I would go in, I would look at him, kiss him goodnight, touch him or something, you know, just let you know to see my kid. Right. You know, I cannot imagine. So, to me, I know he, you know, we're, you know, it's a little bit of getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I mean, he's a free man. He's living, you know. Yeah, he got deported to him back, so. But um, he's he's guilty of stuff, too, even though you know not taking care of his kid. Yeah. Now, I know everyone remembers MySpace. Oh, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> All right. There was a review done of Lisa Baker's, which is now defunct, MySpace page, and it revealed she called herself Gothic Fairy 6668. And Dale, her picture, her page reported it had pictures of skulls, bones, and the music was Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie was played, was being played on it. And she listed Never Neverland as her hometown and Queensland, Australia as her state and country and wrote that she was a college graduate and a proud parent. Mm -hmm. The page also had photos of Zara on it. And in one photo, Zara was wearing all black, and the title read, The Dark Child, LOL. Her mood on the page was listed as crazy on the day she signed in, which was October 8th, 2010, one day before Zara was reported missing. Yeah, that was the last day she ever signed in. Yeah. So, I'm sorry <laughs> to say, but this, this bitch had troubles. Yeah. I mean, she, pardon my French, or my language, but she was... Yeah. Yeah, I hate it for this little girl. She just got brought in and had hell poured on her. Yeah. All right, Dale. A little bit about Lisa's past life to give a little background. Give a little background. Lisa was married seven times. And at oftentimes she was married to two or three men at the same time. Yeah, I think the one she was married to right before she met Adam. Adam. That uh, they weren't married long, and then this guy kind of figured out what he had done. He just waited till she left one day, and he just packed his stuff and ran. Yeah, and he never wanted to see her again. So that's basically how she was still married when they when she met Adam, but he didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I think he actually thought when the guy came back around before they got their actual divorce, he thought it was her brother. I think that's how she put it over to him. That she was just <clears throat> this bitch is crazy. She told more lies than she did the truth. Yeah, so she had a, a string of. Husbands writing bad checks. She was just all over the place, man. Mm. Yep. And beginning to Zara, since no cause of death could be determined, Zara's death was ruled as undetermined violent homicide. Allegedly, Lisa told the police that both she and Adam disposed of Zara's remains, but according to cell phone towers, like we like we said before. She was the only one that pinged. Her phone pinged in all these these areas where they found right. body parts. So she she had some dark seated things going on in her life. Right. Yeah. I mean, she had a history of physical verbal abuse. She desecrated Zara's body to hinder the investigation. So she had a lot of a lot of things going on. Lisa would have first degree charge if she had not led law enforcement to Zara's remains. So I guess she decided that you know if I'm Avoid a death penalty. I'm going to come clean on some stuff. Right. Well, kind of. Yeah. Still says she didn't do it, but she knows where everything was. Mm -hmm. 
Adam was denied any involvement in Zara's death and have not, they have not found any credible evidence to suggest that he had any involvement in her death to charge him with the murder. Lisa's bond was increased by 200000 because of the murder charge, making the total bond $307,700. So, yeah, so she wouldn't, she wasn't going nowhere. She was stuck in jail. Which is good. Yeah. Now, Lisa, she had a lot of other charges too, Dale. In 2000, May 2011, she was indicted on seven drug counts for the time period of May 2006 to October 2010. Lisa had used different addresses in both Catawba and Caldwell County of North Carolina. She had distributed oxycodone, hydrocodone, and even Xanax. And when we mean that, she was, what I read reports said that she had about 12,000 oxycotton or oxycodone, whatever it is. And she had 10,000 hydrocodone and 20-something thousand Xanax pills. So she wouldn't just I take mean, these. Damn. These wouldn't just. <laughs> That's not personal use. No, she was she was selling these things. And she was charged with possession, distributing, conspiring to distribute prescription drugs. Yeah. These new federal drug charges combined with previous unrelated charges brings her total charges to over 20. So she she had a lot of charges against her. And on June 2nd, 2011, she pleaded not guilty to all seven drug charges, but she's facing up to 20 years in prison for each drug charges. So I don't know why she pled not guilty. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, especially she had all that on her. Yeah. Now, Dale, this case had national uh, attention. Yeah. People all over the country were surrounded. Yeah, Nancy Grace came to Hickory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and because of this, Lisa's Baker... Attorney at the time, Scott Riley, requested a change of venue of the, for the trial, which was supposed to occur in Catawba County. But on October 1st, 2011, a change of venue for the trial was agreed by the Superior Court Judge, Timothy Kincaid. And Judge Kincaid said the location of the, of the new trial will be decided on September 12th, 2011. All right, Dale. In February 2011, an autopsy was released by the State of North Carolina Medical Examiner, and it ruled out the possibility that Zara had died of natural death. You think? Exactly, yeah. And countering Lisa's claims, you know, she said she got sick. Right. Yeah. Noting that many of Zara's bones were not available for examination, so they hadn't found all of her body. No. Um, Well, I mean... It was reported they think that she died on September 24th, 2010. And then from there, they found pieces here and there. found her leg and on October 27, 2010, but they didn't find her skull until February 21st, 2013. So we're looking at almost three years. Not mm-hmm. quite, but almost three years of how long this went on, yeah. this investigation. And it also, you know, like we said, some of her remains have never been found. Right. So there's no telling where it's at. Let's see, on Monday, February 21st, 2011, a grand jury returned a second-degree murder indictment against Lisa Baker, stating that she had a history of a pattern of physical and verbal and psychological abuse of Zara. The grand jury also alleged that she kept Zara from her relatives prior to the homicide to hinder investigation and desecrated Zara's body to hinder investigation. Lisa Baker has been sentenced to 18 years in prison for pleading guilty to the murder of Zara. She was 10 years old at the time. Now, Dale, in early November 2010, Zara Baker's biological mother, Emily Dietrich, shows up 
and she gave her first media interview since Zara's disappearance and told a reporter for Australia Channel 7 that she had not seen Zara since relinquishing her rights and custody to Adam. And while, you know, Zara was an infant. Right. Uh, she told Australian reporter that Adam had disappeared with, her, with Zara shortly after he, she had given him custody and he had tried from time to time to find Zara. The problem was she claimed that he had disappeared each time she found him. I don't know. I don't know how much truth that is. That I think. I think Adam just moved around a lot. Right. You know, like he, like he moved to the United States. I, I think that's what he had done. But she's she's claiming that he had no right to keep her from him. But she signed all of her rights over. So you know, so basically, she didn't he, have any rights. So she could do whatever he wanted to do, and she she couldn't say nothing. Right. And she had tracked Zara to the United States after some of her relatives had spotted her on there on the news now now Dale at this time the state of North Carolina has no credible evidence to suggest that anyone other than Lisa Baker was involved in the murder of Zara Claire Baker and Adam has spoke about this several times and he felt regarding how he felt regarding the investigation of his daughter's disappearance and death he says I am extremely grateful that Hickory Police and everyone else has taken their time gone through everything properly and come to the conclusion that they should have come to. Adam Baker told the reporter at WBTV, I had no involvement with Zara's death or dismemberment. Lisa is very manipulative, abusive, and abusive to him. Very controlling, plus my work. I have gone first thing in the morning and didn't get home till late, like we said. And he told that Zara was in bed, and Zara normally went to bed early. I checked in on her every night when he could. So, so from what he could tell, it looked like she was in the bed, or at least something was in the bed, yeah, like, like, like we said earlier. Like we said earlier, but yeah. you know, I, I'd physically I had to physically see yeah. my child, and I'm sure that uh, Lisa was trying to keep his attention. You know, when he'd come home, she'd do what she could to keep him out of there. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, I'm sure. Now, Dale, Lisa will be in prison for the next 26 years, and she will be 70 years old now when she completes both her sentences. I mean, it still ain't enough. No, not enough for this kid. I mean, she... She ain't done nothing but shitty her whole life. Yeah. And this little girl, she didn't deserve to know this. Mm-hmm. And it even said one time that her own daughter had come and taken Zara away because she knew what was going on. And then she, Lisa called her and said, you bring her back or I'll report her kidnapping. I'm like, well, hell, why don't you just let her take her if you didn't want her? I mean, it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand it. Yeah. But we want everybody to, you know, listen to this episode to weigh in and tell us what you think about this episode, what you think about Zara Baker and how she was treated and how the system failed her, how her, you know, I hate to say it, but her dad failed her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's probably a lot of details that we kind of left out with all that stuff. Just, I don't know, just, just a little much. Yeah. But like, like I said, going into this episode, it, it really, it really pisses me off the whole situation the social services not taking her you know how many times really does a dog have to bite somebody before they're taken away yeah, one time you're done yeah but this kid was bitten pretty much not bitten physically but beaten by her stepmother and people come up 
several times, social workers, and nothing was done. Right. It was even so bad that even one of the teachers at school gave Zara her personal phone number so she was scared she could call her anytime. And then as soon as uh, Lisa found out about that, she tried to get the teacher in trouble, and then they took her straight out of school and started homeschooling her. Well, they said they were homeschooled. They just took her out of school and moved. So even when people tried to tried to help, she just would try to keep her away from anything that was going to get her out of that mess. Yep. So, yeah, this the system failed this kid. It's pitiful. Now, there is a, a park up in Hickory named for Zara Baker. It's an all-children's park playground for kids with all disabilities, different kinds of swings and different activities every kid could possibly do. Right. So I've never been there, but I've been wanting to go. It's only 30 minutes from my house. And I've been wanting to visit that park and check it out. So maybe we can post some pictures of that, too. Yeah, that'd be nice. But we're going to post pictures of all this stuff on our social media accounts. And like we said, check it out. Tell us what you think. Weigh in on it, guys. And we know there's some details left out, so don't don't get on us too hard. But there's a lot of stuff that's pretty bad, and it's just yeah, I just this, didn't want to go into all that. Yeah, this is a, this is a sad case. Yeah, and it, this it, one's it, a hard one for me. It it Yeah. All right, Dale. Any last words before we get out of here? No, just she's a piece of trash, and that's all you need to remember. Yeah, I, I hope she doesn't never gets it, never gets out of prison. Right, I hope she suffers. Bad stuff, man. Bad stuff. All right, guys. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the, the Crack, Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.